Will Santos. Yes, Welcome to the Studio Corner, man. Thank you for having me, man. Thanks Pleasure. for coming on. I'm super stoked for this. I had to cut you off, what, like 10 seconds ago? Because you, oh. were, you were going off on a rant about all the stuff I want yeah. on the episode. I get, I get pretty uh, passionate, man. It's, it's cool, man. That's yeah. good. That's what this is for. That's what this is for. So, for the sake of getting to know you okay. on a on a level of what you do and okay. your creative side and the passionate side, I want to approach this as I'm an artist. I come to you in your okay. studio, and I want to go through every step of the process, starting with the artist introduction. Okay, so normally the way that would work is, uh, you know, I'm a tracking and mixing engineer. I also do mastering work, but I wouldn't generally consider myself yeah. a mastering engineer. But if you're an artist and you come to me, uh, one of the first questions I ask is, are you working on original production? Uh, is this something that I'm going to have to maybe email the producer or you might have to get the stems from them um, as far as the production? Because uh, nowadays a lot of stuff is like, well, it's on YouTube. You're downloading YouTube beats. You're downloading yeah. SoundCloud beats and stuff like that. Like that's kind of the culture now, for you know the hip hop, R and B, pop, um, like the urban genre. So then we once we get through that, it's a matter of okay, well, how many hours do you think you would need to get this record from you know point A to point B? Um, whether it's two hours, four hours, or et cetera, we discuss a time, set a date. You come to the studio, and if I've just met you, if it's the first time I ever record you. I'm probably gonna run your voice through a couple of my preamps to see which one you sound best with. You know, I have uh, been blessed to have a, an amazing mic locker, so I have like you know eight to ten mics that I can choose from just by hearing your voice or hearing just a couple takes. I can pinpoint what microphone you know would be a good combo with this EQ and this compressor. Once we get that and we get you sounding right, we go ahead and do the recording process, uh, and then after that, it's a matter of you know if you're happy with your performance. Like my job is to get the absolute best performance that even when you leave the studio that night, I want you to be just super duper happy with, you know, what you left behind at the studio and just be pumped to come back. I like that what you left behind. Yeah, of course. And then after that, um, after all the recording gets done, it's a matter of doing the mixing and then after the mixing, if there's no revisions, yeah. we move on to the mastering stage if I'm also being hired for that part of the process. Okay, so, damn, that was incredibly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously you do this all the time so nah, it's planned out of course. but for the artist introduction like if someone comes to you and like obviously it's what you do for a living and, and you want to you know be able to accept every artist that comes in right say an artist comes in and say hey i wrote this song uh, i don't have any outside sources i've just been working on my laptop and whatnot um what are the what are positive signs and what are red flags before you accept them uh i would look at let's start with let's start with the positive sign if you email me first if you reach out to my email, that means you either saw my Instagram or someone you know gave you my information, and you took the time to email me and just present yourself. Get you know kind of like you're kind of uh, introducing yourself to someone that's willing wa that you want to work on your on your project. So it's like, hey, my name is so and so. I'm from so and so. I make this kind of music. I was wondering, you know, what your rate is. I was wondering what your studio is like. When when I s read a uh, email like that, I get off to like. It feels like things get off to a good start. But if you DM me like, yo, how much for screw time? You're like, I then, see. exactly. Then it's kind of like, it's almost like you didn't get off on the right foot. It's almost like, how serious can this person be if it's as detailed as like, yo, how much for screw time? One, yeah. I don't know your name. I don't know the kind of music you make. What if I only record rock bands? Yeah. What if I only record hardcore metal and yeah. you're in the rap, hip hop? Most likely, I will probably have to turn that project down, right? I might, you know, send you. But if you email me and say, hey, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I make. Here's a link of some of my music. Check me out. 
uh, I know your studio is here. Are you available this day? To me, that's like someone that's serious. Maybe someone that's been doing it for a while. And you just get an overall good first impression. And yeah. it just makes you want to work with that person. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, let me check this out. Let's see how we can work together and build. Yeah, so the approach is everything. The man. approach to me is Dude, is completely everything. Let me tell you, that is so fucking good to hear. I I mean, I don't run a professional studio. Okay. But I, I, you know, I run this podcast, and I get I get people DMing me all the time. Like, you know, everyone is a bedroom musician, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, I think my band should come on the show. That's literally the message I get. I've gotten that 100 times. And it is the most frustrating fucking right, thing right. I've ever gotten. Because I'm like, all right, let's back up. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Here. First off, who the hell are you? <laughs> Secondly, why should I have you on the show, let alone your band? Correct. And if you read anything that I've talked about, posted about, you know, on my website, on my Instagram, on everything, it's not about promoting your music. Yeah. It's about, you know, building the creative community. And I get that message. And so what I started doing is I think I did it to you. I was like, give me a reason why. Yeah, of course. You know, I was that's always I was already planning be. on having you of on. Course. I was pretty stoked that's on it, yeah, to be honest. That's it. And I think you it, it separates from the people that do their homework and don't do their homework. Exactly. There's some people that as soon as they email me, they're like, how do you like the files to be sent? Am I going to retransfer? Am I going to send it through zip? Do you want all WAV files? Yeah. Uh, just things that just make the whole you know trans- transaction and transition like smoother. Yeah. Uh, you don't know how many times I've gotten uh, – Yo, what's good with the stew? Yo, two hours, how much, bro? Um, and let's say I let's say I do entertain those conversations like two, three, four years ago. You're just you're trying to like you know trying to see if you want to book the session. Yeah. And it just you keep going down the line, and it just it dead Never ends. Happens, yeah. Either one, they stop replying because you're giving them a rate, or they're not serious enough, and they hit you up three days later like, Yo, bro, my bad, I forgot to hit you. You know, you get it what doesn't I, you work. Get yeah, what I'm absolutely, going it doesn't with, work right? that way. So. Those conver- those kind of conversations normally are dead ends, but the ones that actually, I- and even if you DM me on Instagram or Twitter or whatever yeah. it is, but you literally like approach it and like, hey, this is me, this is what I am, what's your rate, this is what I'm aiming for, can you get me there, what da da da, da. Yeah. that kind of stuff, to me, oh, I went to your website, I checked some of your work, and they named specific things that they heard yeah. that I worked on, to me is like, that person is serious. That they're person contacting wants to you. work exactly, yeah. and if they're that way, then I'm interested. Like I want to work with you. Same thing with booking gigs too. It's like you know people send you know these messages like, oh my goodness, I would love to play your venue. It's everything to me. Yeah. Like, they used to get they get fucking thousands of emails a day. Like you literally send. I had a I had a guest a few weeks back. One of my earlier guests is a as a duo band. Okay. And they were talking about how they book gigs in Hollywood because they're playing in Hollywood with Troubadour and Roxy all the, the time. Troubadour, okay. And I'm like, you know, it's not easy to continuously play there. Not at all. And they're like cold emails. Cold fucking emails. You send. You look up their website. You yeah. find out the dates that they're open. You send. This is the times that I would like to play. I'll sell this many tickets. You tell them everything they need to hear right. before you even like get a response. And it's like the same thing what you're talking about. It's like do your homework. Yeah. Hit me up for what I'm offering, exactly. not just like hey. So like I had this idea. Maybe I want to record a track sometime. Exactly. Like fuck that shit. Yeah. I, I've had even people that tell me like oh da, 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 we get down pretty much to already booking the day to this and that and then they're like wait I didn't know your studio was here. Oh, what? I, I, <laughs> the whole point I, of finding I, I, a studio, live, finding where I it live is? four hours away, man. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, it, you know, it's just the whole process. I feel like uh, artists should take and just, you know, really, just really be better at because it can, it can lead to, to amazing working, you know, relationships for sure. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a professional side to it that I feel like people have forgotten about because they're so excited about their image. Which yeah. is fine, like, I'm not about that. Right. But, like, you know, people want to build images, want to build a brand, you know, however they're going to do it. But at the end of the day, if they're going to, I mean, they'll freaking, you work in the 
the top level of what it takes. Yeah. You know, you work in the studio yeah. where everything counts. Everything. The, you have to be the best. Of course. You have to be the best at what you do and how you're doing it. You can't fuck up. You don't get to, you know, slip up and you're on a time limit. Yep. The studio, uh, put a microphone in front of someone and watch them change yeah. everything about them. And so it's like you have to reach that level of uh, – professional you yeah. know, professionalism to work so I, I tell I tell uh, I tell my girlfriend actually it's like sometimes you you get so many different people with you know with different personalities you have to know how to how to manage all that how yeah. to speak to certain people there's some people that you can you know joke around with because you've dealt with it before for five six years there's some people that are very serious and maybe a certain joke or a certain comment might tick them off which will then you know affect the the performance of the song yeah and then or maybe be so bad that you will no longer, you know, conduct business with that client. Yeah. So I tell people, it's like, imagine that, like, you have someone that came from this background, came from that background, and from this religious, and that, you're like, stuff like that. For me, it's like, you really have to be a people's person. It, on top of just being really good at what you do, Yeah. you have to be a people's person, because I think that is what makes your clients come back. I mean, you can have the, the best quality, you can have the most amazing looking studio, and the most amazing experience, which, for me, of course, it's super important yeah but being a people person and just being a person that people want to be with in a room yeah because you know, you're gonna be working long hours together mm. so if <laughs> your presence isn't really wanted or liked then it's just not it's just not it's not gonna work man. especially when you're demanding someone to perform at a level like that but also requiring them to be emotional exactly you know yeah it's, it's that's a wild I mean, yeah it's wild to think about a lot of it goes into it and just like here's a microphone you can sing. Do your I thing. I know how to record. Do your thing. Yeah. Like, no, there's way more than that. Which is what most people like to assume it is oh, until of course, they yeah, get in there. Course, yeah. It's a uh, what a wild ride. Um. So, uh, do you base? I mean, it sounds like it's a personal experience thing from what you said. But when you're when you're bringing artists in, when you're trying to decide who they you know, who they are and how you're going to work with them. Now that knowledge that you have, that is that just from experience working on your own, or is that like a you know something among studios? Something no, that's, that's just known. that's I've never interned at another studio. Like you know, I've never I never went the route of you know. Usually, if you're an engineer, uh, I would probably say maybe 15, 20 years ago, then it you know the traditional journey or route was you know you go either go to school for it, and then after you graduate, or if you don't go to school, you just call a bunch of studios yeah. like hey guys need an intern and generally yeah. that means you're getting coffee you're wrapping mic cables yeah. you're you're you know organizing things in the studio you're just watching etc right so the thing was when i started you know coming up in the music scene um that was all kind of going away a lot of big studios were closing down things yeah. were going things were going digital yeah. you know like the, the home studio started to really make a name for itself and because of that when i would call studios not that i didn't try they would all say, "We don't need interns. We don't need interns. We don't need interns." Like some of them, I'm I'm guessing were just trying to like grind it out day to day to yeah. stay to stay available with open doors. Yeah. So pretty much got shut down by every single studio. Wow. Um, and then there's a guy that was like, "Hey, call me back in in two months. I actually might need one." I called back and it was like, "No, you know, when we don't need." I was being persistent, man. Yeah. I was honest. Not that I didn't try. So then I went, you know what? This whole this whole scene is kind of shifting in a way. And that's when the whole, you know, my first interface came into play, yeah. home studio. And then after that, it became just trial and error, just trial and error, just trial and error. And then 
they're just building up experience that it, it's like you train your ear to hear if you train there's times when my clients are like how did you hear that they're like wait what and then Studio i mute ears. it and then they're like whoa that is there so yeah. it's just you know trial and error man Studio like, ears, man. That's it. Messes up your ability to listen to music yeah, on your yeah, free time, no, right? Yeah, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Okay. You got. If you have your engineer hat at all times, it, it almost gets hard. You have like, to. <laughs> yeah, I would have. I would have done something different to that. Yeah, I'm like, like that snare's too loud, or that snare's not loud enough. Or you say that in front of someone that doesn't, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, what exactly. What the? <laughs> my, my, I'm telling you, my, my girlfriend hates like when we take a little road trip. Yeah. She hates playing music. Like she'll give me the ox before she plays something. Yeah, I don't want to play my music because then you're just gonna judge it. You're, you're gonna like, rip it to shreds. You're listening to this. Oh, this kick is horrible. Or like, <laughs> or this or this vocal just has is just way too syllabic. Like you know, just stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm not an engineer today. I'm just gonna I'm listen. Just a casual fan. You know, that can't make any promises. Though, yeah, you sure. can't make those promises. It's difficult. Um, so an artist comes in. Uh, you guys vibe well. Yeah. You guys say, and they basically say like, I come in, I say, hey, look, I got all the time in the world. What do you think is best? So I, I say, hey, I want to record two songs, you know, a little demo. I want them fully produced by you, fully mixed by you, and fully, you know, engineered, right, right. released. Uh, what's what's my schedule weekly? If I can come in every day, any day, what are you gonna what are you gonna give me? So if you come, you, do you have like a certain production already laid out, or how's that? I work? Sh I show up and I say I got a. Um, well, I'm a guitar player, but you do uh, more urban stuff. So yeah, yeah, of course. So if I come in, I say, hey, I got a beat and a melody and lyrics. Okay. That's so what so what I would do is. Like I tell them, it's like I'm I'm more of a guy that I let the client literally try to get everything that is in his head yeah. and get it out. Because sometimes I feel like some of them have an issue where they might not think a certain melody will work, so they won't tell you. So I try and get them as comfortable as they can be so that they can share these ideas with me. There's sometimes where they'd be like, what do you think about this? That, that, that's not – you don't think it sounds good, right? And I'm like, let's try it. Yeah. Like I'm always like, oh, let's try it. In the digital world – you have so many tracks it's like it's a matter if i can delete it in one click yeah. or we can both look around and be like whoa yeah that's dope so for me especially if i'm meeting you for the first time it's really important that i make you as comfortable as you can so i'm trying to find out stuff about you do, do you want water do you yeah. are you all right are you, are you a tea person are you gonna sing yeah. you want some coffee are you comfortable is the temperature of the ac too cold is it too hot would you rather instead of being in the booth do you want to do do you yeah. want to sing in front of me do you like that you know like all that to me is super important because that that's going to make them feel like this is a place where i want to record because sometimes yeah. it's vulnerable for them man like oh absolutely. just singing in front of someone you don't know and maybe it's a love song maybe it's about a heartbreak maybe yeah. it's about you know a, a tough relationship with a father or a mother or a sister yeah. or a brother and it's something that sometimes you might not get the best performance just because they don't feel as comfortable around you so mm. i think setting that boundary of like Let's put the walls down. Let's feel comfortable. I'm here to get the best performance out of you. Yeah. And just building that confidence within himself to just give you the best performance we can possibly get. So you do like – I mean it almost sounds like you're doing some artist development before in you – In a way. I, I actually, that's something I really, really love to do. That's, I think this is the reason why you know I have a lot of my clients. I've been working with them for six, seven, you know, five years. Wow. Uh, we've done projects together, EPs, singles. Um, you know, we go out to eat together before sessions or in between sessions. Like yeah. we have that kind of rapport. You know, I've been, I've met some of their family members. I've wow. actually was one of my clients. I was at a last summer. I was in Atlanta, Georgia. I was at his wedding. Oh wow! Uh, he lived out here and moved over there. Um, 
invited me to his wedding, said I had to be a part. I said, how can I miss? Shit, man, that's how it should be. My girl and I went out there. Uh, luckily, my girlfriend's uh, older sister lives out there, and the venue was like, could you not, like 15 minutes from oh us today? Oh, my God. So she got to see her family and her sister. I got to go to my client's wedding. So Are you in? It's <laughs> me, to me, like, and I've been working with him since 2012. So, yeah. you know, st- to me, stuff like that is, is uh, it's definitely beautiful for sure. That's great. I love that because, I mean, I feel like, I've run into this personally, um, meeting engineers or mixers, whatever, in any job in the studio world where they come and they go. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll do this job for you. No problem. Tell me what you want. I'll get it done right. and disappear. Right. And it's like I think people forget along the way, like regardless of how good the tracks sound, regardless yeah. of how you know tight everything is, like we forget that you know we may write the song, but bringing people like you right. into the in the music, it's like it's, it's the next step to – it might as well be just as important as writing a damn yeah. song. And to build that sense of community, to build that sense of like you know friendship and those relationships, that yeah, of course. I mean, may not have nothing to do with the song, but the song itself is just going to be that much better. Of course, I've had you know R and B singers um, that you know actually were were kind of you know dealing with something where they felt like maybe the song wasn't good enough, or you know maybe it wasn't on the right production or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of like sat down, talked about it, you know, we built it from the ground up. Um, recorded it, etc., and then I mixed and mastered it, and they come to the studio to come check it out and hear the final product, and they just hear the song and they just cry, dude. Wow. So to me, it's like, can you imagine how powerful that is? That's like incredible. it all started in someone's head, right? And they probably even had, you know, ins- they had insecurity about maybe their voice or, or the melody or how strong the song was, but they know they really wanted to record it, you know, and put yeah. it, you know, put it on wax and for them to do all that, and you're just working on it, working on it, working on it. Like, this song took, I feel like, maybe almost a month. Just Damn. working hard on it, and then you play it in front of them, and they just cry. Like, yeah. to me, it's like, those are some of the moments that just, like, really tell me, like, this is what you're doing this for. It's like, sometimes yeah. you have those moments, because, you know, in this music industry, it, it's tough, dude. You go through ups and downs. And it's ruthless. Sometimes you feel like you're in the downs a lot longer than you are in the ups. So it's like when you get a moment like that and you're just like, wow, like it was that powerful. Like she heard her own music, wow. something we worked on together and it just made her ball. Like, you know, this is crazy for sure. So you have a, I guess, I guess you could call yourself a writer, producer, whatever it is, you know, depending on the song and the project. But uh, you have a huge, you, you like to play that role. You like I to, do. You like I to think come in and do that. Exactly. Side. As I, you know, as I've you know made my name in this career, I, I like that kind of stuff because I feel like I've seen a lot. So I I know it's almost like when you you know you've went a certain route every single day for the past ten years. Yeah. You know, around what time there's gonna be traffic. You know that this light takes longer than that light. Yeah. You know, it's like so when you do when you get to that point, I feel like when an artist invites you into their their creative process. Because I always, I always say that. I even said it in another interview. I said it's like it's their wedding. I'm just a guest. But if you invite me and I'm able to also, you know, give my ideas. And to me, the overall goal is just to make a really damn good song. Something yeah. that you're proud of. Something you want to show your mom, your dad, your friends, your least and be completely proud of. So whenever I get a chance to really be involved, even maybe helping with the change of a melody or the, the change of a lyric or Maybe it didn't need a, a bridge. Maybe we should go back to the hook and just yeah. arrangement stuff. And when I when I'm able to get involved with that, I feel like that's when I really have the most fun. Like it's fun to me, dude. It's definitely a 
it's cool the way that creative has for sure so when you're talking about the whole you know arrangement or you know changing a lyric is there like a template that you have for a, a type of genres or is it like different every time someone brings on a song normally for like anything i'm doing like urban is mostly the same uh the, i normally rock with the same template just because you know i'll i'll be doing mostly the same kind of stuff but if i know the songs beforehand like if i know the record they're recording beforehand yeah um and i know it's like very specific on certain areas and maybe i have a client he's an r&b singer um shout out to Sega Reno. uh his format is very very like just not your typical format so you know how you have intro verse hook yeah, sure. Hook, bridge, outro. Like, his can be, like, intro, bridge, hook, verse, bridge, another yeah. bridge. Like, it's just, you know? So when I get, when I get like, him, I have his own template structured to the wow. way that I know okay. he's probably going to end up, you know, um, working on the song. So it just depends. It, it varies, honestly. I like that. That's, like... Just think like, man, if I hired someone, this is exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> like, this is the interview I need to have yeah, with everybody I step in the studio with. Everyone is different, man. Everyone is different. So when it comes to the actual recording, though, what is uh, what are the necessities? Like, an artist comes in and says, hey, I'm going to do vocals. What are the absolute necessities they need to have, be able to do? To me, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing to me is, like, come prepared. Just as you should expect me to be prepared, I think if you come prepared. And what I mean by coming prepared is, um, you know – don't if you wrote that the, the same day chances are you're probably going to be doing it over and over in the booth because you're still trying to figure it out yeah so like for me when i say come prepared is like you know um you already maybe set some time the last week in practicing the flow practicing the melody practicing the falsetto whatever it is going to be just mentally being prepared to when you get there i think that's when you're gonna you're gonna be able to get the best performance and you're gonna also make my job easier to get the best performance out of you yeah. So if you, you know, if you just come and you're like, oh, you know, I just wrote the second verse last night, but the first one I wrote uh, three months ago, I think when we record, it's going to show. Yeah. Like it's it's going to leave a footprint of like this verse sounds a lot more polished and just right. Yeah. The second verse kind of sounds like an afterthought. And no yeah. one's no artist wants their music to sound like Especially an afterthought. The lyrics, yeah. yeah. So to me, it's just like come prepared, you know, have a have a good feel for the record that you're currently going to be working on. Um, you know, don't show up and be like, oh, man, I don't know about this. You know, I don't know about this beat. Uh, let's just change it to a different beat and let's just match these lyrics to it. So to me, that's you don't want to rush that. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want you don't want to rush it. To me, you don't ever want to rush your creative process. I tell my people, I tell my clients, I say, if we're going to go through bumps, we're going to go through them together. But we're going to get to where we need to get to. I don't yeah. care if we need to go through all these hurdles. Some songs you go through. 20, yeah. 30 of them. Some songs is a smooth ride to the, you know, to the end. Yeah. But I tell them, no matter what, we're gonna get to an end product that you're gonna completely be proud of. But you also gotta, you know, put the work in with me together, and then we'll get there. Go through those hurdles. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through them together. But you have to be willing to, you know, put in your part and put in the work, uh, and be accountable for it as well. So yeah, that we it's get really the easy product. to to kind of want to jump to a shortcut. Exactly. Or just be like. Exactly. Or just be like, oh, the engineer's gonna. Yeah, I mean, it's not my best performance, but the engineer's gonna make it sound. Right. I hate that fucking statement. I, I get what I'm saying. You. I've heard oh, that. You, can so you much. fix it in the mix? Oh, we'll fix that in the mixing. No. We'll fix I'm like, no. Why I, don't we fix it now? I'm uh, I'm a very very strong advocate in performance. Right. I don't know who said it, but it makes so much sense. Uh, so I I will quote the person who said it. It's it's something like you need to track like there's no mixing and mix like there's no mastering. So if you track Hell like yeah. there's no mixing. 
you're making sure that your tracks are coming in at healthy gain, nothing's clipping. You you use the possible uh, possibly the best microphone you could for that performer, yeah, or for your client, or preamp compressor EQ or no compute no no like you've literally gone through the whole process of making sure that the signal coming in and touching your your DAW is the best that it can possibly be. Yeah. I've had records where, um, you know, I have clients who live two, three, four, five hours away, and they get home and they're like, dude, um. I know that this bridge doesn't sound as good as it should, or this intro doesn't sound as good as it should, and I like that stuff. Where they're like, you know what? Book me next week because I'm gonna focus on this bridge. I want to focus better. on this intro. I want to work on this better. Hold off on the mix right now, dude. Yeah. That second verse wasn't it. Where it could be that some people might just be like, ah, I know it's not as great. I'm like, we'll fix it in post. Uh, Throw a bunch just want to get it out. Just want to get reverb it out. on it. Put some delays on it. I'm sure you can get it sounding right, right? Yeah. And I'm like. If you want to get the best possible, and I was like, if you think you can do better than that, I believe you. Yeah. So let's do better than that. That's, yeah, that's my statement on it. Well, it's like if you if you're paying someone to come do that one thing, do the one thing. Right. You know, because the worst thing ever is is listening to a record and be like, I hate I hate when this part comes on, because I know I could have done better. Like, oh you, yeah. You're, you're, are you a guitar player? Guitar player. So and imagine singer. you have yeah. this amazing solo at the end of a record, and then you're hearing it, and you know three fourths of the way of that solo, you're like. Could have done better. I could have done. Oh, absolutely. I could have just finished that so much better. And you wish you could have gone. And maybe the song's already released, and you're kind of like, whoa. Yeah. I should have spoke. You know, you should have spoken up about that, and, and you know, done your best, so that when you literally listen to that record, you're like, that's all of me right there. Like, I'm proud of that for sure. Well, and I'm a, I'm actually somewhat of a, a hard ass, uh, and I know that I'm not easy to work with. Right. Which is why I do everything alone. <laughs> um, it's true. I'm I'm not easy to work with unless you're like ready to get very very serious and precise and things right, like right. that but i mean i've been playing guitar for 20 years okay. and i practice every day i play my ass off so i'd say i'm a guitar player yeah and if i write a song that i already know and i've written and i show up to record it i'm either gonna get it i'm gonna get it start to finish i'm not gonna do you know punches and cut and paste yeah, yeah, yeah. especially for the fucking back you know yeah, yeah. guitar yeah, yeah, yeah you know and there's gonna be three takes if i can't get it in three takes i'm not recording guitars that day oh, i'm gonna okay. do something else if right. it's written, if right, it's, right, if it's written. written, yeah. Okay. But if we're experimenting, I mean, playlist after playlist after playlist, playlist after playlist, after yeah, playlist yeah, like, of fuck it, right? You get lost in but it. I mean, and I and I really, really stand by that. Um, I've uh, been around in a lot of studios. I've worked with a lot of studio musicians, top level, mid level, beginners. Okay. And you can always tell it's like, it may sound like you're asking a lot, but someone that comes in with a part that's already written, and says they I do this. Like you need to show up and you need to do that. Yeah, of course. And maybe you're having an off day. Like vocals are a little different because yeah, yeah, like you yeah. can blow your voice, your voice out. out you yeah, you could be kind of coming off a cold. Absolutely, or like that's a little that's different. That's understandable for sure. Yeah. But um, but I mean, t I mean, guitar for example, like dude, you got everything you need. You just got to do what you were supposed to do. Yeah. That uh, I do not tolerate that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it, it really, it really is like performing. It's it's high level performing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, highest. It's absolutely. just high level performing, and it's like. You know, if if I'm sick or I'm catching a cold and, you know, someone book a session and I know I can't give you my 100% during your slot that time, I'm canceling that session. I'm yeah. just going to reschedule it with you because it's almost like I don't want to cheat you out of my 100. And that's yeah. the only thing I want to give. You know, it's yeah. like I don't play to not lose. I play to win. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's very important that when you get to your studio, I'm giving you my 100% as I hold you accountable to giving – you know, ah. giving me your 100% because that's that's when classics are made. Oh, when people are yeah. just in their A game 
and just giving you their all to me like that's when you get like that magic that you feel in the room but if there's a couple dudes slacking off or you know this dude's not taking as seriously as that dude and that, that to me it's like it will never be a cohesive kind yeah. of piece so that's you my must take have, on you it you must have insane patience i'm I sure you dealt I'm, with I'm, in a, I'm in a business of patience for sure though <laughs> for sure you know i was i was playing universal records for a while when i was like 17 18 years old and you were in you're you were signed to universal no records? no no oh, I, was, like I was just i was doing some guitar work for them okay and i would my like the way i did is i would show up like a few times a week around 8 p.m okay. and work till like 6 a.m Wow. And the guy I worked with was the sweetest dude ever. He was a great songwriter. He worked with a lot of big cats, wrote for, like, big artists. Okay. But it was just kind of one of those things that have songs in the bank. You never know. And so we, I would show up, and I would sit down, and he'd be like uh, – it'd be me, him, his brother, who – producer, I guess. Okay. Um, and then the engineer, who's Stuart. I remember his name, Stuart. You know, curly-haired, hippie dude, but, like, super nice, super chill. Right. And he would sit there after, like, 12-hour shift during the day recording the artists – and then at 8 p.m. we'd show up, we'd come in the studio, and then the guy Charles I was writing with okay. was like, all right, let's write a song. Okay. I'm like, okay. Give me, he's like, give me a chord. So I would, I would just on the spot write a chord progression. Right. And then he would spend like two hours writing lyrics to it. You know, it, it was what it was. And well, how long did you do this for? I did this for a few months. Oh, okay, just, okay. Um, and, I, and, I was, and Stuart would just sit there. The engineer would just right, sit there right, and right. listen and kind of just not for say a word. 12-hour session? Well, after a 12-hour day. <laughs> He'd be sitting, right. you know, two hours of us writing, and right. then I would go record it, get it in two tracks, right. you know. And then Charles, the singer, would go in and sing every single word differently, like a thousand times. And this guy would sit there and eat his Chinese food, have a conversation with me, right. stay totally calm while huh. dealing with, like, a stubborn singer yeah. all through the night. And right. I'm like, there is a different breed out there, yeah. and if you're not that breed, you, you don't know, belong behind you're that not, desk. You don't. It, it, it's, it, it taught me so much respect yeah. for the engineer. It's insane. It, it's it's something that you see. I used to be an artist before, right? So when I'm now I'm on the other side of the glass. Okay. So to me, I had to kind of learn my way through and you know navigate the world of being an engineer as far as the way people treat you, as far as you should be expected to be treated, as far as what you should bring to the table, how you should handle certain situations. You know, there's situations where your mic might blow out. Well, what are you gonna do? Your XLR might go out, or you can't find your, you know, your DI because your the bass player didn't bring here. So should shouldn't you have an extra one? And always have extra cables. Like <laughs> it's just things that we're like, okay, I should always buy extra cables for situations like this. Oh, I should have done this, or maybe I should have kept my mouth shut during these, you know, during this time, or just things like that. You just learn as you sit, cause you imagine, like, dude, we sit through hours and hours and hours of sessions, like. It's one of those things that you learn as you go. I've there's been sessions where I maybe said some you know something I shouldn't have said, yeah. whether it was jokingly or or maybe I try to contribute to an idea where I shouldn't have if yeah. they didn't take it lightly, uh, or maybe I contributed too much and I completely changed the the sound of the record. So it's like you learn these kind of things and you have to mm. you have to have tough skin and and kind of like I said, hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Uh, it's very important and. and you're gonna have a future in this business for sure. So talk to me a little bit about that switch over. So you were an artist. Yes. What kind of artist were you? So I was making uh I was making like rap music. I was rapping with with a you know with a childhood friend of mine that we lived on the same block. Okay. Um you know his mom bought him KRKs and you know you get your uh what is it um what's that mic the is it Roland or NT one A NT one A microphone you know just kind of setup thing and. Uh, you know, he was he was rapping and then he wanted to sing, so he started singing on our stuff. We were just jumping on a bunch of uh like hip hop cover instrumentals at the time. You yeah, know, Fifty Cent was huge at that time. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and uh, he got to the point where he's like, you know, I'm tired of this. Like, I want to work on our own music. So he started making beats. And then he was doing beats, rapping, and singing. And I was just kind of like, I'll write my verse, and then I'm done. So the way that this kind of all happened was um, I just kind of felt like dead weight at one point. I was like, dude, I want to – I want to contribute to the group even more. Like, what yeah. can I do? And he was like, I don't know how to mix. Our music sounds like crap. <laughs> um, so it'd be pretty cool if you learn because then, you know, we can benefit from it as a group. So I, I had no idea what mixing was. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm the type of guy, bro, that, like, if I say I'm going to do something, yeah. to me, in my head, in my heart, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. It really is, unless I'm dead. It's just yeah. a matter of time, dude. If I say, and it it's not even music related all the time. If I say, you know, hey, in six months I want to be in Barbados, I'm gonna be in Barbados in yeah. six months. If I say, hey, I want to lose twenty pounds because I have a wedding and I just want to look the best I can, yeah, I'll do it. Like I I know it takes dedication. Like I'm not afraid of hard work. Hell yeah. I think some people are afraid of hard work nowadays. They like the idea of these things that they imagine. Especially in your industry. Exactly. I mean, how many times have an artist come to you that, what, is the, what was the statement in the DM? <laughs> stew time? Yeah, stew time. How many yeah, times has that person, that. you know, been like <laughs> wa- taking that one extra step and realized, wait right. a minute, this is a lot more exactly. than I thought it was. You know? So I literally just went berserk, bro. I went obsessed. Once I found out what mixing was, I – that was I it. went. I went to the library to look up stuff about mixing. Who goes to the library nowadays, <laughs> right? Uh, I I don't even know if YouTube was around yet. It wasn't. I don't know. Just internet. But you know, point of the story was that I just just really honed in and just focused completely. Obsessed. Uh, with the I was just obsessed, dude. I was just like, and then I started looking up like my favorite music, and I was just like googling who worked on this. Yeah. And then I was like, dang, that guy worked on this, but he also worked on this. That guy worked on that, and he also worked on that. And I was just like, man, it's almost like a little small community of like 15, 20 people working on these the biggest records that are currently out there. Um, because at the time, it was just, you know, the, the big studio and methods. Like Rick Rubin exactly. and everything. Exactly, Rick Rubin <laughs> and all these people, you know, Michael Brower yeah. and, and Tony Maserati and you oh, name I it. Oh, I love Maserati. Oh, uh, he's know, got the best Andrew, yeah, plugins. Andrew Sheps. And all these people <laughs> were just working on all these records. So I was listening, like, it's almost like I even was able to tell who mixed what. It yeah. got that serious. Dude, I was like, this sounds like a Tony record. Then I look it up and like, damn you, Tony Maserati. I yeah. know, you, I know you were involved in this song. Yeah. Um. And I just grew obsessed. And then it got to a point where I was, I continued to, uh, work on my music. You know, and, and be an artist. But then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? Let me start, um, getting a couple people, uh, in, to my studio because we got to a point where we started doing solo stuff. We kind of broke up, but it wasn't like. Uh, you just stopped doing. We just stopped doing. Yeah, else. it wasn't like oh, you're going your way, I'm going my way. No, it was just mutual, you know. So then, all the stuff he had was, uh, his mom had bought him. So this studio was basically his. Yeah. So I had to start from ground zero. So I had bought all my studio stuff, and I kept you know recording, and then around like 2014, 15, um, I started kind of like you know building the name for you know Will. He has a studio. Um, you know you should go there. Da da da. This and that. Uh, I, at that time, I didn't really know what I was doing much. I mean, I had the basics down, but yeah. I, w- I wasn't necessarily good. And then um, that's how it led. It, I got too busy where I wasn't able to work on my stuff, my own like you know yeah. uh, projects as an artist. I was too busy having six, seven, eight records to mix in that month. 
So it got to the point where I had to sit down with myself and be like, do you want to go 100% into being an artist or do you want to be a mix engineer? And I chose mix engineer and I went 100%. So the business background be for you, what the story of it, at what point did, you know, becoming a mix engineer, what point did that become career? Like not the decision, but it yeah, actually like this like is what supports like now. doing it full time. Uh, yeah. 2016. And you started building your own studio from ground like up. around 2013. 14. Wow, good for you. Yeah, that's so fast. That's a pretty quick turnaround. That's considering, fucking fast. Considering you're in the music studio, so what, was what, it hard to find the people in the beginning? Or um, or yes and no. Like yes, studio. Yeah, yes <laughs> and no. Only because, like, mind you, I was an artist already, yeah. so I had a lot of friends that made music. So it was kind of like a, oh damn! So you're doing the mixing thing now. Like I heard you kind of build your own studio. Like, can we record? And then I remember like the first like 50 people. I didn't charge at all just because I wanted to get as many voices as in there as I could. Just 50. to be like, yeah, just to be like, what is his, man? He has a chesty voice. What is what is that he could do at 5k or 8k? What is wow, what is his what is his nasally voice do with this mic? Damn, he sucks on this mic. Yeah. Not performance wise but just the mic is doing him no favors yeah um damn when i hear a girl on this mic it sounds so much better than so i was just like go like literally dude like 50, my house huh? yes like my house was just people just coming in and it was just wow. to learn what voices did yeah. what different voices did on that same microphone i didn't have a bunch of microphones and did you have a job during this or was you were you just oh yeah i had a job during during that this was like 2012 2013 right um, when I finally like quit from like my job, it was 2016. Uh, so you were recording all night. Then. I, all night, dude. My friends, would, my friends, they wouldn't, they ruthless. wouldn't see me, dude. They wouldn't see me, especially summers. Like I had no AC in my studio, so it was just basically, uh, you know, a sauna made out of, you know, <laughs> sheet rock. That's really what it was. Shit. Uh, and <laughs> it was just learning, learning. Like, damn, it's too much reverb. And then I, and then like months later, I hear those mixes. I'd be like. Damn, so much better than that now. And yeah. then three months after, I'm like, damn, that's these mixes are sounding so much better. And that's how I knew I was improving because every time I would hear my stuff, I'd be like, this sounds like crap. Like, yeah. damn, I did this. This is what. So like, wow. that's how it, it kind of just took off. So then I got to a point where it was like, I think I'm good enough to at least charge gas money. <laughs> like that, yeah. that was in my turn because I, I was, dude, I was like young. I was like, I need some kind of you know income off of it. I feel like I'm providing a service at this point. The service. Uh, I think it was like. 15 bucks per song. 20 wow. Bucks. Yes. No. Yeah. I'm not kidding you, Shit. bro. So go to 50 people doing it for free. <laughs> for free. And then $15 a song. A song. So there's people wow. that would come in and be like. <laughs> Does that include the mixing? Yeah. Yes. So Shit. Like, listen, there's people that would come in with like nine songs. They'd be like, dude, I'm trying to record four right now. And then tomorrow I'll come by and record another five. And it's like, okay, well, it's 150 bucks. Or that's 100 bucks for yeah. like 10 songs and. Studio time Damn. included and mixing and mastering, like everything included. Good um, for you, dude. That's and then, you know, it just elevated to where I started, you know, uh, looking into gear. I was like, this is not cutting it. I had to up my, you know, my room treatment. I had to up the gear. I had to up the mics. I had to up the room um, and treat it. And, and it just led to more people trusting me, more people wanting to work with me, more people only feeling confident uh, and comfortable working with me and just kind of almost like they brought – you know their sound to me and then we almost like it's like we build their sound together as in group together that's why i have some some clients that i've worked with, with for five or six years they've heard my crappy mixes uh they've 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 
they've uh, been, been to the honest. point where yeah, they've been to the point where I was charging them twenty bucks, fifteen bucks for a song. Um, you know, they've seen the gear from when they're recording in a closet to recording on a you know full blown booth with yeah. AC and, and, and the a candle lit right next to their chair. So Damn, dude. Yeah. It's so have have the rates like you know was it have you do you still charge by song? Yeah, yeah, it's still it's still by song. It's still it's still hourly or whatever. Except the only thing that's really changed is for for studio time. I do a two hour minimum, so you can't book me for one hour. Yeah, uh, one hour in the studio. So I'm just like, come on. <laughs> so you charge hourly. Correct. Except for the mixing, my mixing and mastering is a flat rate. So if I come in and say, hey, I want to record a song, it's not like a set for like one song costs this much. It's no, like it's just yeah. It it's obviously you have to at least book two, and then let's say you know this song's gonna take me three or four, so then just book four off the bank. So from fifteen dollars for a song, what are you at now hourly? I'm at fifty now. Fifty dollars hourly from fifteen dollars. I mean that 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 jump. That's that's a huge jump. That's that's a success story right there. That's really exciting. No, that's that's this is very inspiring. No, no, thank you, man. I'm very excited for people to listen to this. It's been you know some people tell me like uh, some people that either want to be in the same trade as me or 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 be an artist and just you know be at a different level. They sometimes ask me they're like, dude, like I've been grinding for years. Like I've been at it for years. What I tell them is like, how hard have you consistently, how hard have you consistently been doing it, yeah. bro? Like I, I'm not even kidding you. Like, I didn't go to prom. I've never been to a club. Yeah. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Uh, never been to a strip club. I, I've never, do. I've never played pool with the boys. I've never, I've never gone bar hopping. Yeah. Um, Things that people like my age or, you know, starting from my age have done, I've never done. Because yeah. to me, honestly, like, music is just all I know. It's all, uh, like, outside of music, to me, is like sometimes I'm almost lost in certain things. Like, some people are like, what? Like, I'm like, I've never done that, dude. Like, wow. you've never seen this movie or this, the Avengers 3D? <laughs> I'm like, I've never, I've just never, never really watched movies like that. But and I was, you don't feel I was, like you're I missing was, out on anything. No, like I was yeah. in the studio. Like if I'll catch it, I'll catch it. I don't, I don't completely just, you know, slap it to one side and just completely ignore it. Yeah. But you know, if we, I'm chilling with my girl, my friends, they want to watch something, like I'll watch it. But for me to really like be born out of me, like, hmm, today I want to watch a new Spider-Man movie. Like, talking me, about that consistency, that I mean, that the fact that you had, you stayed consistent. Like, what does that mean? I was just to me it was just it just really means like when you wake up what is the first thing you want to do like to me that kind of hunger that you feel like in the morning to me it's what you should be doing for the rest of your life that's a statement right there to me that like when I wake up like especially now because wow. I used to have my studio in uh kind of like this in a built out place but mine was in my garage yeah I just moved out to a commercial facility June 1st like literally June first. Really, congratulations! So I'm now I'm in uh, Pasadena, uh, and I rent out a room there. Um, you know, in a facility called Music Mind Track that's ran by uh, you know two film composers, uh, producers as well, uh, Ellis and Juan. So shout out to them. Um, and it's crazy because now the studio's 25 minutes away instead of in my garage. Yeah. So when I wake up, I can't wait to get to the studio. Before I sometimes will sleep in the couch in my garage just yeah. because. I'm like, I'm going to be here right when I wake up. Yeah. It's 4 a.m. Why am I going to undo my bed and wake somebody up? I can just, I'll sleep here. So yeah. I would just sleep in my couch, yeah. in my garage. Uh, and now it's like, it's a 25-minute drive. So when I wake up, I miss it. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go to the studio. So 
Wow. So to me, it's like when you wake up, like that first initial, like, I want to do this. I wish I was doing that. I always tell people, like, that's probably what you should be doing. So you have to build. Like, you have to consistently put the work. That's something to pay attention to, because yeah. I, I, you know, honestly, I bet there's a lot. I just know there's people out there yeah. that you know have a passion for yeah. something, but it's not the first thing they think no. of when they wake it's up. They say you have to be what, like obsessed. You have to be obsessed enough to keep going, but crazy enough not to quit. Yeah. When it comes to you know the music business and just the the, the trade of you know being an artist or producer, engineer, you yeah, know, a, a session musician or whatever. Um, you know, I work with a, a guy named um, Roberto Valley. He's a session bass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's played with Earth, Wind, and Fire. He's Hell played yeah. with a bunch of people. He Funky. tours all around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very cool guy. And then he tells me the same thing. Everyone I know that does it for a living, um, they tell me the same thing. Consistent, hard work. Like, consistently. N- none of this, like, oh, I took six months off because, you know, like, you know, I had yeah. to catch up or the life. Like, no, like, they every were day. going at it every day. And when you when you do that, you're gonna you're gonna see results bro it's bound to happen but you have to like keep at it and that's that's what i was able to do i told myself that by the time i think i was 24 i told myself no matter where i was in life that i was gonna quit my job and that's what i did i took my mom out to (laughs) chevy's in burbank i'll never forget it because i was i was driving and my hands were just sweating oh nervous pouring like and i was like how am i gonna tell my mom that I kind of made a deal with myself that at 24, I was going to quit my job no matter where I was, uh, which was tougher because I ha- I was already being asked to be promoted. Oh, wow. And which would have meant, you know, I'm saying no to more money. Yeah. Uh, and then sit there and be like, hey, so I'm 24. You already know what I want to do, but my industry is, is very tough one. It's a very tough trade to make it in. And um, I know I'm supposed to be promoted, but I'm just going to quit my job. Uh, you should tell dad <laughs> for uh, me. Yeah, for <laughs> me, cause uh, I already know what he's gonna say or, or yeah. try to do. So, um, what you think about that? But dude, my mom, she was awesome. She was like, I've known since we were thirteen that this is what drove you. Yeah. And she was like, I've seen you work your tail off like I've never seen anyone work their tail off. That's and she was like, awesome role. She's like, you have my support. As far as your dad, I'll talk to him. <laughs> But she was just saying she kind of, and then she then she got really serious and told me she was like, okay, you're gonna do this, right? I was like, yep. She was like, all right, if you're gonna do it, you better really, really do it. Yeah. I don't want to see you play. I'm, I don't play video games like that, yeah, but yeah. she's like, I don't want to see you playing video games or or or, or you taking trips time, there doing <laughs> or you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't want to see you out at the mall all day and doing this or doing that like extracurricular yeah. activities. She's like, I want to see you putting work yeah and that's what i did that's when i expanded my studio out uh worked hard uh bought a bunch of gear like quality stuff like stuff that you know you yeah. see in major studios what they say yeah. and then i um i just kept i just kind of build the name as a guy you go to if you want quality uh that's and then you s- and then you stay because he's a cool dude to be around you know like that that kind of thing like dude's cool he's funny and he also knows what he's doing, and you know the gear that he has in that studio is amazing. And we're you know we're getting a deal out of this for sure. Like we're getting our money's worth, and they yeah. and that's the thing that I think made people just keep going. And as I grew, as their music grew, to me that's the best part, bro. Where I work with clients where their songs just get better and better. Every project we work on gets better, better. You get to see their them mixes grow. get better because yeah. I'm getting better. Like to me, bro, that is like I have a client of mine. He's like a brother to me. His name's Mindsome, and 
I used to work on his 2013 style. And uh-huh. when we were, we were in the car one day, we were playing it, and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we played like his latest single, uh, you know, on Spotify, and we were just like, dude, we've been working that long. It, it, it's He's seen it all, man. He's seen the whole growth, so it's, it's definitely cool. Wow. Damn, dude. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, to be able to do what you do, you got to have the best equipment, right? Yeah, of course. And, I mean, shit, if you just went for it, quit your job, work for it, like, I mean, my LA two A was thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's no. not it's not an easy thing to do. No, That's like the only thing I have in my rack. It's not. I wish I had another one. If you ever want to sell it, let me know. I'm never I'll gonna buy. sell. That is my. <laughs> I would sell like ninety percent of this studio before I sold the LA two A. No, it's but it's that beautiful. being said, for like a price point, you know, people that are listening that don't know about the studio equipment, yeah. you know, coming into that, like acquiring that stuff. Right. I mean, how did how did you even come? Cr- like, where did, how did that happen? I recently had. <laughs> I recently had to do the math only because I was curious myself because I kind of got lost and like, dude, like people people would hit me up on my DM and be like, dude, every like week I see that you're posting that you got something new from the studio, like the rabbit what, hole like, what of do beer. You, what do you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a sl- I'm a slut, dude. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I I admit I'll be the first to admit. Sometimes you know, um, but like I said, uh, I for sure like I did the math just you know ballpark, but I've spent more than forty grand on gear. And now, it, and because it, it happens, like you know, yeah. oh, I just you know splurge on this, but like that's that's a big chunk of what your you know your income yeah. goes right into that. Of course, and the cool thing though was that as my ears got better and I knew what I was listening to and I knew what I wanted, I like to believe that when I track vocals, I have my own sound, like I have my own absolutely my own recipe or my own sauce, what the kids call it nowadays. Um, and as I was developing that sound, I started getting rid of some of the gear I no longer needed because mm-hmm. I feel like it wasn't getting me there. Nice. And I was able to tell it wasn't getting me there, but two, three years ago, I couldn't tell. So having the knowledge of what you want to hear exactly. allowed you to reinvest. So, yeah, every piece of equipment I buy, it's for a purpose. It's because I know what it's going to work for yeah. me in what instances. I know that this mic on anything, acoustic, anything, percussion, yeah. this is what this is the kind of color I want. I know that this preamp for these kind of vocalists or this kind of genre wow, is going to do the trick. Like I have a I have a uh, really cool friend and client of mine, um, his name's Malcolm. Uh, you know, we're, we're working on a couple songs right now and uh, he has this very deep, like rich, chesty kind of voice. Yeah. And the UALA 610 mic free yeah. with the Oppo compression mm-hmm. on it, it just, dude, it just sounds so good. And I, put a, and I put a 251 on front of him, like a 251 microphone. Yeah. Put it through the LA two A, uh, sometimes I do eleven eleven seventy six into Almost an LA two A, uh, and it just like it just sits so good. If I put them with a different preamp, is it still gonna sound good? Yes, but that one, it's like the shining star of what it is. It's like that last one percent that even even someone that's not doesn't have a trained right. ear, they can feel it. Oh, of course. Ninety nine percent that artist gives what they want got right. Yeah. The right mixing, the right the right recording, that space, that air between the sound, yeah. the microphone. Yeah. That right there, that one percent of knowing what that means. Right. I mean, that will literally bring tears as opposed yeah, to not ex- even face. Exactly. I get some clients who um like, you know, like the newer ones that either just recorded at home always or have gone somewhere else and either one didn't have a great experience or they didn't feel like it was such a dramatic change from what they were already had from what yeah. they already had at their home, right? So then they come to my studio and then they hear like the raw vocals, like no EQ, no compression, just straight. I mean, obviously my chain is analog, and then it hits Pro Tools. Yeah. Um, and then they hear that and they're like, Why does it sound so? It, much it's better? it's like you turn <laughs> the light on on something. They're like, 
dude, like, yeah, that sounds crazy. Like they go crazy, dude. Their reaction, the reaction is always crazy. And then like my rough bounce that they take home, like you know the rough bounce, are like, dude, One I more. thought you said you weren't gonna mix and master. I thought this was your studio time. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just giving you a little, like a little rough, like a little e- low EQ, a little reverb on it, tiny yeah. bit of compression, just so you can you know play loud, slap a little more on it. And they're like. Dude, I thought this was finished. I'm like, no, it probably sounds finished because my rough mixes are pretty. I like to think they're pretty damn Absolutely, good. Yeah. But I was like, just wait till I mix and master it. Then we're talking. And they're like, dude, this is nuts. So what, what it the, the always makes you. Yeah, of course. And that always makes you feel great as an engineer because they leave so happy. Like, yeah, bro, I can't wait to be back. Da-da-da. And they, don't they even just, know they just want to keep hearing you. their song. <laughs> like before they leave, they're like, can you play? W- can you run it back one more time? And to me, it's like. That to me is is everything. When oh, you build that kind of rapport, where you make them just like they're like little kids, dude. Yeah. It's like with that shiny toy that they always wanted. And when they hear it through those speakers, I get to I get a rush out of it. It's always it's always that's a blast. so fucking cool because it's yeah it's like they're giving you a compliment yeah. way bigger than they way realize. yeah way bigger than any words can say. It's yeah. just you just feel it. You know you created something for them that means the world to them. And to me that is it's everything for sure. It's well, it's crazy because like the equipment we have, like if you really like you said, you're smart about it. You yeah. Know, you're doing like I have a I have the Genesis, um, big old red mic, you know, oh, this okay. beautiful cardioid mic. Right, I right. love that thing. But I run that just through my LA2A, and I oh, put that okay. right up on my acoustic guitar, and I find the right placement. I okay. place the chair, and I do a track. I have I got a, I have a condenser mic, like okay. a little pencil mic coming right. through. But those two tracks, I record straight through, and I c- I'll come out here and I'll sit there for a long time because if it's just a track with like layered guitars and they're just guitars only that just need to be like mixed level wise, okay. I very, very, very rarely have to do anything to that guitar. Yeah. Just put in the right spot of the room. The mics are in the right spot. Everything I need is already there. And yeah. The LA2A just puts it right there. Yeah. I, I did a little like a like a 20 minute documentary. I scored it. Okay. And it was just guitar tracks the whole time, just layered. Wow. And I had to do so, I had to do less editing on that, that than I have on whole, like a yeah. three minute track. Yeah. And it, it's like what's going in matters so much. Like yeah. capturing that matters so much that like if you look at my mix template, like there's literally no EQ. There's a little reverb, and that's if the the client wants to hear it in their headphones. Yeah. But if you just hear the raw track, you can hear the color, and you can hear what that vocal is doing. Especially because I like to compress a little bit on the way in. I'll do the LA two A. I'll yeah, do eleven seventy six. Um, if I need to do like uh, do a little guitars. top end, like a little EQ, a little sixteen K, I'll go boost a little top end. But other than that, if you just hear that by itself, you're just like. Yeah, this, this sounds finished. That when I actually mix it, it's very bare minimum, dude. Yeah, bare minimum one or two EQ moves here, a little one two three dB of compression here, yeah, little slap delay if it needs anything, and it just sits like where it's meant to, you know, sit. And that's because you know, like I said, just there's really no algorithm for experience, is what I say. Absolutely, it really isn't. And once you once you know what you're hearing, that's a game changer for sure. So do you have a do you have plugins or equipment that are like kind of your favorite, your go-tos, like yeah, you know, reverb, delay, EQ? Yeah, uh, I mean all of it. Yeah, what but I'm such a gearhead that sometimes within months it, it kind of changes. So like, right now, like what are what, what are your go-tos? Like, like what's your for, compressor? For, uh, like analog or plug-in wise? Uh, if I walk in, I'm gonna sing a vocal. Oh, okay. So I'll probably go uh the man. I have a manly, a manly okay. reference, uh, cardio microphone, which on vocals, dude, it's it's my baby. It's my go-to. Uh, so I'll do uh, Manly uh, into maybe like an Avalon 737 if I'm doing hip-hop. Almost, almost, almost got that. Okay, so I'll do an Avalon oh. 737. Love that. There you go. Um, 
And then I also have, if I don't do the Avalon 737, I'll shoot it out with uh, there's a company called Aurora Audio. And they make uh, the 500 series lunchbox called DT500. It's basically like a Neve preamp. I it's a yeah, Neve preamp. Yeah. Um, I'll do that. And then I'll shoot that signal into, um, I'll do uh, 1176 to capture and do yeah. most of the work. And then after that, I'll follow it with the famous LA2S. And, and then it's into the track. And then it's in the track. Wow. So it's a change. But Holy it, yeah. shit. It can, sometimes it gets very, very, Holy very, shit. very intricate. Like sometimes I'll do manly. Oh, I'll do a 251 or manly. I'll do uh, manly into, uh, let's say if I don't go Avalon, I'll go DT500 or the Reaper Me 511. So I'll go 251, okay. 511. And if you're very syllabant when you sing or rap, I'll send you straight to I have an analog de-esser. So oh, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. So I go two fifty one. Look, I go two fifty one, uh, GT five hundred, DSer, uh, eleven seventy six, LA two A, and then I'll do like a pull tech EQ at the end of the chain if I need to do something like that. So it literally goes through a whole. Do chain you do anything that. after the track is recorded? Bare minimum, bro. Is there anything bare, left? The bare minimum. EQ maybe? It just like maybe like a roll, like, you know, high pass at sixty, eighty hertz. If 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 there's oh nothing my down there, God. maybe like a notch or two at two fifty hertz. If if it's a little muddy down there, like a yeah. dB or two at the most, and then that's it, bro. Oh my God. If you go back to my sessions like four or five years ago, and you look at the EQ, it's like, yeah, like thirty moves, and I'm cutting. 15 dB at 230 hertz. So that's what I'd pay for, though. If I walked in the studio and I said, "Hey, record me," that's what I'd pay for. Right. Like I want to walk in. I want to see the equipment you just described, and I want right. to see someone like you sitting behind the board saying, "This is what's happening. Do your best." Yeah. And, and I, I would just be. I would melt. I would <laughs> melt like a kid at fucking Disneyland. No, you gotta stop by one day. Oh man. my you god, that that's, chain. That's the chain. That's and we're just talking chain. about vocals, right? Yeah, now. that's just vocals, dude. So holy it, yeah. crap. You know, if I do. So what about what about your reverbs and stuff? Is that plugins or do you have like reverbs? I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a. Uh, an analog, you know, yeah. hardware reverb. I don't that's because a hard I thing feel to pull that's off. a hard thing to pull off. And I feel like the reverbs to me, the reverbs are getting the closest. For me, compression, though as good as plugins have got, just something about it's not a, even a dude, question. Analog not compression, question. analog compression will make me melt when when you when you're sent, when you're doing it right. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, with the right character, with the right compressor. Um, EQs are getting better, but I have uh, Chameleon Labs 560 EQ mm -hmm. uh, that I like to use, um, and I've done it where I've shot it out with you know other plugins, and I'll play it. And I'm like, I still prefer the analog. I've bl I've done it blindly where I don't know what I'm doing. I'll have someone just A B it for me, and I always choose the analog. I can yeah. hear it. Um, now is that the overall uh, song, or is that like because I mean I for me like I like to go into the EQ in the system. Where it's per track, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah of and course. Then, but if the overall song, like an actual analog EQ, the whole like setting it out that way. Yeah, like if you, if you put it on a mix bus, then then that, yeah. that that's affecting the whole, you know, spectrum. That's of when the you. Whole as record. for me, that's when I'm like, all right, let's get real yeah, serious yeah, right yeah, now. Exactly. What are we putting yeah. out? Like if I put like on my mix bus right now, I'm using there's a plugin by Plugin Alliance called the Black Box. Uh, it's a saturator, pretty much. Okay. It's, it's a color thing. It sounds amazing. Um, I also like a Neve thirty three six zero nine. Uh, on a, it's like a, it's a bus compressor, but okay. on the mix bus, it sounds really good. If I don't use that, I'll use the SSL compressor. I'm pretty sure you're familiar yeah. with that. Uh, I'll do that. And if EQ moves, I don't like to EQ too much on yeah, the mix same. bus. 
Um, but if I do, it's broad strokes. It's like I'll take 10K, maybe boost a whole a, co- a little curb of like 2 dB there, yeah. or I'll cut like 30 hertz because I feel like it's a little bit nutty. That's it. That's pretty much my um, my mix bus. And then I'll do um, slate di- some slate digital plugins. Yeah. I think it's called the virtual mix bus. And it's just it's a color thing for me, and that's that's it's all preferences what we yes. hire you for. But like for like right now, like what I'm rocking with reverb wise, um, I love the uh, what is it? Um, sound toys. The X what is it? Little sound toys has a plugin. I don't know what it's called. I can't f- I can't remember it right now. Oh, it's called Little Plate. Little Plate Junior. Mm. Uh, dude. Yeah. So good. You put it on drums. You put it on acoustic. It you put works. it on vocals. You throw it on. Some of these uh, freaking plugins. I'm throwing on a bagpipe. And it just sounded good. Yes, I've thrown on a bagpipe and it sounded good. Some of these reverbs just come in so hot, though. Yeah, and and that's the reason why you get the you got to get the right ones. To me, uh, to me, like I said, reverb is is super important. It's the thing that I struggled with the most because it's it's three D depth. It's I think most people would struggle with that. Yes, you know, it's um, it's overdoing it. It's not doing it. It's when to do it, how to do it, how big should it it be? You know, how wide should your thing be? Should it be mono? Should it be stereo? how do you set your time, your decay, you know, all that, uh, you know, pre-delay, you know, like for a yeah. whole year, I did, would just leave the pre-delay alone because I just didn't know what the hell that thing did yeah. until I was like, uh, I think I should know what that, yeah. that button on every single EQ, Reaper, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, I'll do that. Uh, EQ, I like EQ with broad strokes um, because I normally record things really well. So yeah, I that's the thing. It's you just avoid yeah, it. It's, I avoid it. Just broad strokes. I like needs. I like need stuff. Um, pull text, love pull text. Eleven seventy sixes are for 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 anything pop, rap, R and B. Eleven seventy six. They handle shit. They handle drum bus. You, they you handle. You ever everything. smack some drums with eleven seventy six on all buttons mode? Mm. Parallel compression, dude. So, yeah. yeah. So for me, when people tell me like, oh, "Are you analog? Or are you all digital?" I'm I'm a hybrid, dude. I'm like I make shit I'm, happen. Yeah, I tell people if when buying equipment for your studio, I tell them if you work from the outside in then you're good because if you work from the outside in you're making sure that all the stuff that has to happen before it gets to your computer is taken care of then you, you're good you know well, it's like when you think about it, you're every, every time you sit down in front of a mic to perform like you're trying to i mean quincy, quincy jones says yeah. the greatest recordings is capturing a moment yeah it's capturing it really is moment. it's yeah. not the best sounding one yep. it's capturing a moment. yeah i agree 100 and like, like i like that working your from the outside in like everything on the outside every step that's yeah. what's capturing that's moment. what's capturing the moment who you are exactly so, wow. so i know a lot of people will invest in like you know the best uh you know, drum kit library if you're a producer or the best sample packs or yeah, or, so or the best plugins or the best because there's so much stuff out there now it's it's over sometimes it's literally overwhelming um that you know there's some plugins to be honest i'm a, i'm literally being this is a confession i i bought and i haven't even opened yet yeah. in session I, i'll i'll scroll through, through some of my go-to sometimes i'm like what is that and i click on it i'm like that's right. Like I can what do better than that by what myself. What does it do? Like I don't know. Like you know, it's just one of those things. So yeah. um, you can get caught up in that game. So I think once you start developing your sound, once you start going to your go-tos, to me, it, yeah. it, it's clutch. There's people that ask me like, you know, mix engineer advice, and you know what, mixing wise, what plugin do you rack. use? What plugin do you <laughs> use for this? What plugin do you use for that? And I'm like, if we're talking plugins, my best advice is learn a channel strip. If you learn a good channel strip, especially like an SSL channel strip. Uh, you'll learn about gating, expander, yeah. compression, EQ, and I think I think it even has a DS. I'm not sure, but 
it's like a four in one kind of thing. And yeah. if you learn that, then you pretty much know every single other plugin. They just will sound different. Preference. According it's preference. According yeah. to you know how well that plugin was made and the algorithms, and then you get really scientific with that. But, but see, right there, that reason is why building your physical rack is always going to top everything. It always. I just tell people like s running your s running your vocals, your signal, anything through s like actual circuitry. Yeah. Like running the space. Your, your music, your art through actual circuitry. To me, uh, will just always be king for me. I, I, I don't when I mix I don't use hardware I don't, I'm not using hardware inserts to mix because recall issues it's, it's annoying to recall things yeah. I've done it a couple sessions and I hated it and it was time consuming and for me it was workflow 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 yeah. so I was like okay well how can I still use analog and be proud of my sound and just be like like literally my vocal bro is 80% 90% there when it's recorded on the way in literally yeah as it, it should be it really is uh, so Started investing in these two thousand, three thousand dollar compressors, a thousand dollar compressors, EQs, etc. And then, as that started happening, clients noticed right away. They're like, He's got that one. They're like, dude, like that last song we did. What was that? I'm like, well, it's about a twenty five hundred dollar preamp. You know, yeah. And your mic's about three thousand dollars. I mean, my manly's like twenty eight hundred or something. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, you put my mic and that preamp together, that's like $7,000 of equipment. And it hasn't, even it hasn't even touched the compressor yet. Yeah. And you put that with LA-2A and a Manly, that's like ten grand in itself. So, you know, when, like I said, it will never be running. It'll never let you down either. It won't. It really won't. Because you get to know. It's your toys. You really get to know. Yeah. I literally, um, there's certain clients that I already know their chains. Like, I, if he books, you know, I'm already setting up like this an hour before the up. session and I know what I'm going to run his voice through. Like I know, you know, nine sweet vocal. I, I'll run through a, the, a new 1073, you know, into an 1176, uh, into a black LA 2A. Um, and that's just what really, really works for him. But I'm also not scared to be wrong and be like, man, this song, it just not sound yeah. good. Okay, cool. Let's switch it up. But you have to know when those things are happening. Like your ears have to be there. Your experience has to be there. Well, see, that's that's a great part. Like someone that's not only incredibly knowledgeable with what you're doing, but like you have all that knowledge, but also have an ear for what sounds good. Because yeah. like for me, when I come to the studio, it's like I know when I see the good equipment. I also know what I want to sound right, like. Right, right. I don't know how to get there with that stuff. Right. And it's like I'm just not good at that. I'm good at knowing what I want to hear. I'm good at hearing it. And I'm yeah. good at fucking making it happen. Yeah. I'm good at performing and making it happen. Right. When I will come in, I want someone that's just as creative to be like, hey. Try this. Let's do this, and immediately can s go up to the freaking compressor, turn a knob, boom. Yeah, and I had a client. I don't remember who it is off the top of my head. It was recently, too, maybe like a month ago or something. Yeah. But he kind of has this chain that we've built, and it just sounds amazing on him every single time. Yeah. And he was working on a record that was a little different than you know what he normally you know works with. It was kind of experimenting. And I set up his chain and put him. You know, he's recording, and then I'm hearing the tracks back, and I'm like, I mean, this is cool. It's good. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't. It just doesn't have that that character, that feel that we always get out of this chain. So I just talked to him. I was like, hey, man, like, can you give me like two or three minutes? I need to, I need to change the things up. And he was like, oh, wait, wait, I, li I love that one. I was like, you got to trust me on this one, though. Like, it's just not sounding as you know, yeah. good. And I was like, hmm. I was just looking at my gear, and I was like, you know, you, when you have that kind of luxury, I'm just looking at my gear. Looking like, you know at what? my gear. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, I think the uh, – um, you know, the Rupert Neve 511 would probably do. And I was like, let me try that. And then send it, send the compressors to the same compressors, but just use a different preamp. 
And then once we did that, and he recorded the first take, and we heard it back, and we just Cream. looked at each other. We literally just looked at each other. We're like, yep, yep that's, that's the it. One. That's it. And, you know, you can't be scared to be wrong in times like that. Like, it, yeah. you, you, you can't be scared where it's like, well, that's his chain. I don't want to throw him off and tell him that I'm going to change it. But you got to step up and know what's good for the record for, for everyone and be like, hey, did you build that report? Like, do you trust me that what I'm about to do, it's going to be better than what, you know, what we're hearing now? Well, also, as an engineer, as someone that runs it and produces and whatnot, like, wouldn't do you do you like it when an artist steps in and says, hey, do you think we could try this other preamp or uh, this other compressor? Love it. Because to me, it's they're, they're honed in on their sound. And, like, I love So it's not insulting. People. It's no, the opposite. No, to me, no. If, if they hear something and they're like, dude, I don't know. Like, it's like if they're hearing it and they're convinced, but let's say, let's even if I'm not convinced. I want to get that itch off their back and try every single piece of gear that they tell me until they get the one. Nice. You get what I'm saying? To me, it's about yeah. It's about you. It's your wedding, like I said. Yeah. I'm the guest. That's so, amazing. So it's like I've had artists where I, I, I've had situations where, um, you know, there's artists that have a little more background in, 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 in producing yeah. and sound and they, they know a little bit about EQ or reverb and they hear something and then they're like, I don't know. I'm not liking it. And in my head, it's it's perfect for for what they're doing. Yeah. They're like, I don't know, dude. You think the Avalon? Because Avalon's very popular. Uh, hip hop, R and B preamp. It's it's huge, right? So like, dude, I've I've seen this one a lot at other studios. Do you think you think you could put me through that one? And I'm like, okay, like not offended at all. Like, let's try it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's go for it. Shoot, I could be wrong. Yeah. So we do it, and then they hear it. They're like, nah, that's not it. Can you go back really quick to what we had first? Okay. Catch it. Yeah. Boom. Oh, okay. I see. For sure. All right. Let's rock. So that's got, that's got to feel good, though. Oh, they for get sure. To, they get to see yeah. exactly what but, you were getting But, but the thing is, no one no one got offended. No one got no one's feelings got hurt. It's and a professional I, environment. And, and I respected your opinion. I respected your wishes. Um, but then I also was able to, you know, kind of basically confirm, like, okay, and then w when they do situations like that, that's when you start building even more trust with the yeah. client. Like trust is everything. That's when they're like, okay, he 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 knew from the go. He knew this was was what was gonna work for my song. So from now on, I'm just gonna trust him even more with everything. And I had a guy on Saturday. Um, he used to live out here. We worked on maybe six, seven songs. Um, not a specific project. Moved to Vegas. He said he went to. Uh, four or five studios out there in Vegas. Um, and he's like, bro, like, he called me. Uh, he's like, I could not get, I could not get our sound. Yeah. He's like, I could not, he's like, for the life of me, like, I would I would show the engineers, like, the songs that we work on, like, I play it. And then even the engineers would be like, I don't know what he did, bro. Like, like, ask him. And he's like, I'm not gonna ask him. That's his, that's his, that's his sauce, man. Yeah. I can't tell him to tell you all the secrets. That's, yeah. And then, uh, he's like, the Bro, reason you I came to me. He's like, and there's the last one that I went to. He's like, it wasn't bad. It was the best out of the other three. But he's like, it just wasn't Goldmine Studios, bro. Like, yeah. it wasn't real. It just didn't have that stamp. Like, I'm used to my stuff. He's like, sounding like this. Like, yeah. You set the bar at a certain level that if no one's getting near it, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, you know, what did you want to do? He's like, well, how's your Saturday? Uh, a Sunday looking. I don't work Sundays. It's the only day I take off. Yeah. But for situations like that with a client that I've built rapport with, I'm like, you know what? I'll open up Sunday for you. He drove from 4.30 a.m. from Vegas, drove oh to my, my studio God. in Pasadena, sat there at 
845, he said his session was at 9. He booked me from 9 to 2. And then as soon as the session was over, I sent him the balance, got in his car, straight to Vegas. Right back. It's worth it. I mean, shit. If right you're back. running what you're talking yeah. about, shit, right I would drive back. from farther. Dude, right back. And, you know, I have clients from Palm Springs and, you know, Anaheim and Long Beach, you know, generally like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, three hours. Yeah. But I think if if you're really, you know, good at what you do, and it goes back to like what I said earlier was if you're really good at what you do and you're really passionate and it's just people can see it, right, and you're a people's person – then I think you're gonna have a bright future in, you know, in this business, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, being a mix engineer or just running your own studio or being a producer, anything that deals with you working with other people in yeah. order to make a living. You get me? So, once it's recorded, once you once you accomplish all of this, are you in the process of like releasing songs or how or do you just give them their tracks and say do what you want? Right. So yeah. So once they, you know, once they hired me to mix and master, and you know that that's done, and then I send it, they, you know, confirm it, like no revisions, everything sounds great. Um, I send them obviously their files. Uh, if it's label work, um, sometimes they require they want the stems, so I gotta print stems, and you know I gotta do a bunch of stuff. Um, but if it's not someone you know that that's not signed or anything, they just want their MP3 and their wave. I send it out to them. If they have a team, they t- they sometimes share with me how they want to promote it. Like, hey, I'm going to send you my cover. You know, can you post it the day of the release? And I'm always more yeah. than happy to share the, the stuff that I work on. Cause, you know, so you, don't, you, don't, you don't lead that side of things? No, I don't. I'll, unless it's like with someone like, like Ninesome where we'll, we'll, we'll brainstorm. We'll either agree on a certain date of the release. We'll agree the way we want to, like, introduce it to the people or who we want to shop it to. Like, when it's someone I've worked with for seven, eight years, and he wants me to be a part of that, like I said, I'll I'll go in and join. But I don't get in the I don't get into the business of like telling people how they should promote the song, how they should release it, or or when they should release it. Uh, you know, like Tuesdays people are from six to nine, they're yeah. online. Like you gotta drop it within that window if you want. You know, like I don't get involved yeah. in that. That's kind yeah. of their their decision for sure. That's a whole other world too. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. That's all in the marketing. That's campaign. cool though that you're open to that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really of course. Working that because. You know, it, I feel like people are so afraid to step outside of what they do, you know. Yeah, no, I'm – dude, I, to me, I, I've i almost made a living out of, you know, living in the uncomfortable because yeah. then you don't know when where your income is coming from ever yeah. because, you know, you can be working four or five days nonstop and then for a whole week you don't get yeah. booked. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it can be uncomfortable for some people, but I've been blessed enough where sometimes I'm booked three weeks ahead of time. Yeah. And by the time that third week gets there, I'm booked another booked, two yeah. weeks ahead of time. So, um, but I kid you not, there's times where I'm like, damn, I worked 14 days straight and two, three sessions each day, but the next few days I'm looking at my schedule and I don't have any. Yeah. So it doesn't happen as much as it used to, obviously. Of course. Uh, but that's something that <laughs> if you're gonna do it, you gotta be, be ready for. You, you, you gotta you gotta understand that it's gonna happen, man. Yeah. You know, so they say. Uh, they say ups and downs make W's, and that yeah. that's I believe in that wholeheartedly for sure. No matter Stability what level you're the, in, not the it's not it's not a friendly it's part it's of it. It's not a friendly part of you know being an artist, and I think you know you're you're also in you know in the music scene as well. So I think you under, you understand yeah. that. I that do everything process. I can get my hands on. Yeah, you really can, and that's how yeah. that's how it is. Sometimes I've I've been blessed enough to where you know I used to be asking people like you want to record, you want to pursue your time, like trying to get my name, trying to get my yeah. sound, trying to convince people, hire me, I'm good. Or yeah. like, let me show you what I can do. 
Um, but now, um, just because of, you know the way I've grounded myself, the, the kind of work I've put in, um, you know, I have my website, I have a business card. Don't get me wrong, I think all of that is important sure, if you're trying to run a business. But I always tell my clients, I always say that um, word of mouth will forever be the best business card you can run. Yeah, because word of mouth travels like crazy. Um, and that's the reason why sometimes I mix records from out of state. You know, I have clients in New York and wow. um, Texas, and they send you, know, you the name it. They send me the tracks to mix, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so, like I said, word of mouth is will always be your best business card. So if you're passionate about what you do, and let's not leave out really, really good at what you do, and you're yeah. a people's person, like people are gonna talk about you. People are gonna feel very comfortable saying, "I go to that guy." Yeah. Who worked on that song? That sounds James, amazing. James' I episode, one of, your, one of your guys, James Thomas, his episode, he talked about his spine discovering your studio and how much of a difference it was. Wow. He's, he's lo- spoke a lot yeah. of positivity about, yeah. you know, he went to this person and that person mm-hmm. and he couldn't, wasn't getting right, and then he found you and he's like, holy shit, this is the one. Yeah, that, so. dude, those are always, like, to me, things that I cherish, like, wholeheartedly because yeah. it's, it's things you worked hard to get there. Absolutely. And then when you hear people just speak nothing but – positive things of not just your work but you as a person yeah. it's like why would you not want to work with that person you know Absolutely. Um, so for me like you know it, it, it took years and years and years but i like to tell people that want to do this like i'm i'm an example that hard work is will pay off bro like it hard work will for sure pay off and it's always like a hundred times over consistent hard work consistent hard work yeah Consistent hard work, key. You can for give sure. thousand percent for two months. Yeah, and then you, that's Nothing it. Could it's the end of the road. But if you're giving thousand percent every day for years, Fuck yeah. it's gonna get there, dude. That's fucking I've been right able there. to work with some, you know, you know, you know, some, know, some people, some people, or just meet certain people in certain situations, or be at certain events that I would have never thought, yeah. um, you know, I would have been able to be in. I did this. Uh, there's this a songwriter. Uh, he's in Nashville right now, working on a. He's just an amazing producer and songwriter. And the cool thing was, uh, we worked on this record called London Never from an artist he's developing. Her name, her name's Tay, amazing singer. And uh, <laughs> we got we got to get uh, John Stamos to play the drums on that. Oh wow! And the crazy thing was like, oh yeah, he's like, I'm gonna have a uh, John uh, play the drums on the record, so you know, I'll see you at the studio Saturday. Like, okay, cool. And then like the same morning of, he's like, hey, by the way, uh, John is uh, John Stamos. And You're I was like, like uh, I was like. Talking about Full House, like yeah. John Stamos, and it's like, dude, he was so cool, like super humble. He yeah. kid, like, dude, can really play drums, really? bro. He's dope. Hell He's yeah. so dope. Uh, and just like situations like that, and, like sometimes, like you know, we were like taking pictures and stuff, and I was just like, man, I've been able to just meet so many producers, A and R's, managers, artists, and like I tell uh, my girlfriend all the time, like, like the fr- the very few friends that I have. They're all musicians. They're all music people. It's all, yeah. you know, like, obviously, it's I have community. my boy from my elementary. Like, I have, like, three or four friends that I've known since I was six, seven years old. Yeah. And those are, like, my brothers, so I don't even say friends. Yeah. But just, like, overall friends, bro, like, it's people in the, it's people in the music industry. Because we, we talk music. We talk yeah. meetings. We talk, what are you working on? What are you working on? You know, let me show you what I did. Let me show you what, you know, it's yeah. that kind of conversation for sure. That's that's great. I mean, that's that's why I mean that's why I do this. That's why I started this show. No, that, I it think was literally uh, it literally it's like about bringing that stadium player, right? The bedroom musician, right on the same playing field. Yeah. You I know, the Hollywood guys, the kids out in the you know parks filming their little short right, films. Right. That creative that's community. That's where it starts, man. I yeah. I'm telling you, I I would stack my computer on like I think 
like the, I think we had bought a TV at that time, and you know we stacked the TV, we stacked the computer, yeah. we stacked the KRK monitors on like the laundry mat, and then our booth was in like the storage room. There was paint buckets in there, but we were just squeezing in between paint buckets trying to get takes. So yeah. you know, it's when I really sit back and look at it, dude, I'm just like, wow. Like in this, in, in I think in this, in this uh, era of just like social media and and you know getting your name out and branding i think if you really really want it and you really really go for it consistently there should be no doubt in the world that you really can accomplish it man like and if you're good yeah of course i mean that's but if you do that you're gonna get to that point if you do that consistently oh you're gonna get good and people are gonna be able people are gonna put your trust on you a hundred percent so it's like a lot of people worry about like well what if i'm not good enough well if you work your tail off every day a thousand percent you're gonna have to in be two good years, eventually. you're gonna be a beast, dude. And in another two years, you're gonna be a pro. And then in the other year, you might be doing it for a living. Yeah. And never work another day in your life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that kind of that kind of stuff. So. Well, before we go, um, I want to know what you would tell someone. You know, whether they're 13, okay. trying to start the studio, whether they're 60 and they said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna start a recording studio. I want to start, you know, mixing and engineering and doing all this stuff." What's the What's the biggest piece of advice you tell someone that wants to embark on that? Uh, in general, I think my my biggest uh, piece of advice would be you you just have to go for it. You have to choose something. I think the the most important part is uh, what is it that you love to do. If you already know, and you're not taking action, you're losing valuable time. Yeah. So to me, it's like if you're 13 and you know you want to shoot movies or you want to do videos, get your little camera and do videos every single, single day. day, and then you edit another video you didn't like it do something else do something better but the thing is you always have to have a camera in your hand work and if you do that in this kind of like i said in this era of social media and internet and promoting yourself in five years you could be shooting the next spider-man movie who knows it like that connection maybe 30 years ago 20 years ago 15 years ago maybe it's wild it's 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 impossible, pretty much, if yeah. you really think about it. But in this era, it really isn't. Yeah. You can go from, like, this guy holding your camera at the park with his older brother trying to shoot his own movie to five years later doing the new Avengers movie or something. Yeah. Like, being the director or being the assistant director or doing the animation for the movie or whatever whatever it is. But Making being involved impact, in a project yeah. like that. So, well. and if you think about five years, someone will go, like, man, that's a lot of hard work. You know, the... But it's like, was it? Exactly. Twenty five years. Exactly. And you know how fast that goes by, yeah. dude. I'm I'm about to be thirty, and it blows my mind that I've been, I've been doing this since I was like twelve, thirteen, like yeah. seventh grade, I think. Yeah. So it's like, come on. So that's my advice. It's like, if you already know what you love, like you what you want to do, and you're not doing anything about it, you're already making a, a mistake. Wow. They say if you did a mistake and you know you did and didn't do anything about it, you just did another mistake. I'm I'm just I'm like it's settling. This was this was inspiring. <laughs> I look Thank forward you. to I look forward to people out there that are trying to think should I go for it, listening to this and saying I'm gonna know if I should go for it. Yeah. Cause I fucking wake up yeah. and that's what I want to do. That's it. So if one person out there, I don't care if you're 44, 12, 16, or 21, if if you're hearing this or you're watching this podcast, um, you know the the kind of platform you, you were able to create with yeah. you know, with this podcast, and they can be like, you know what. I love to do so and so, and then today or tomorrow morning when they wake up, they work towards that. To me, it's like 
I feel like done. Done. Did my job. Fucking done. Will, I can't thank you enough, man. No, thank I you, really man. I really can't it thank was, you enough. It was amazing. I you brought so much value to this. I, I'm very inspired, and I. Uh, no, thank you. I, I look forward to having you on again someday. Oh, for sure, dude. I'm, I'm grateful, man. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure, and I, I love what you're doing. You know, for this, for, for the creative people to come and share Fuck their yeah. story, and I think that's the way you inspire. You share stories, and someone hears it, and they get inspired, and it's just a whole line of inspiration for sure. So thank you, man. I appreciate Rock it. Rock and roll, man. Thank you. Thank Peace. you.